Bible's handy. We'll be looking at a few passages today. And uh, I want to say again, thank you for being here. What a beautiful day. Uh, years, years ago, uh, I think it was Brother Andy Casey made the comment one time. I heard him say, uh, there's uh, two types of weather that will keep people out of church, and that's good weather and bad weather. <laughs> and we have such a beautiful day today. Appreciate you all being here. And uh, good to have everyone in, in the house of the Lord. I hope it, uh, my hope and my prayer is that we'll leave here today rejoicing in who God is and that our hearts will be drawn closer to Him. More than anything, I pray that God will allow His Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. And I'll tell you, every time we come to, to church or to the Word of God, I hope that we ask and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide and direct our hearts and to make the truth clear to us. And we understand it. And... Um, I hope that uh, we always make that a matter of life. Let's turn to uh, Galatians chapter number 5. And we're going to read just one verse of Scripture. We'll be dealing with others, so I won't be taking it out of context. I will deal with the passage here in just a moment. But just to launch into the message, we're going to read verse number 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Father, we pray that you would bless uh, the message and, Lord, I believe it is the one that you would have us to have for this hour. I pray that you would bless it and use it. And, Lord, a lot of folks have been here this morning, have come here this morning, have driven and given their time. Lord, they don't need to come here and hear my opinion of what I think your word means. What they need to know is what you have said in your word. And I pray that you would take the message, engrave it upon our hearts, and may your Holy Spirit use it. Lord, I ask that you would allow your word to go forth and do its work in our hearts. It's quick. It's powerful. I pray that it will do a life-changing work. It'll cause us to be drawn closer to you. It'll cause us to be more of what we ought to be as Christians. And Lord, if there's someone here that's not saved, I pray that it will do its convicting work. They will see that need and get that matter settled before it's too late. We pray that you'll bless all that is said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul makes this statement, if we live in the Spirit, we should also, or let us also walk in the Spirit. The Bible teaches very clearly that when we get saved, that the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of us. And the Bible says, and you have to quicken who were dead in trespasses and sin. He comes into us and He makes us alive. That which was dead is now living. And uh, we used to walk in the flesh. We used to walk after the flesh. And that old flesh nature was there, but when we got saved, the Holy Spirit of God made our spirit alive again, and He has now uh, caused us to have a desire for the things of the Lord. I remember when I was 13 years old and got saved uh, after a high school chapel. Uh, I went to class the next day, and every morning they had kids uh, rotate in our class at giving a morning devotion in class to start the day. And I'll never forget waking up the next morning, and I was a pastor's kid. I'd grown up in church, and, you know, uh, we, we were uh, made to go to church. And uh, I heard one fellow say it this way one time. We went to church so often that if the janitor went on Thursday night to wash windows, we filled our pew and watched him do it. I mean, that was how, how faithful we were to church. I never, never, ever remember getting up on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday and my parents discussing whether or not we were going to go to church that day or not. We just knew it was Sunday. It was time to go to church. And uh, that's the way I grew up. And I'll be real frank with you. Uh, you, you uh, uh, there were times in those young years and going up to about the time I was 13, and my dad was the preacher. I heard him all week long at home and uh, preaching at me. And uh, so there were a lot of services that I endured. 
I'm sad to say, I'd sit down here about where Brother Tom and Miss Kathy were, always sat in our same pew, and uh, would, would always be looking at my watch or fidgeting, wondering when's the message going to be over. Not listening to a word he said. And when I got saved, something changed. I, I don't know what it was, but something changed inside of me. And that next morning, that night I went home, and you know, for the first time, Mom used to make us on our, char- on our chore list. By the way, you young people, that's what we had back in those days. Mom would put a chore list on our door, and we had to check them off. And one of them was we had to read our Bibles, and we had to mark off that time. I'll be honest with you, there were times I checked it off, and I had faked reading the passage. I just sat in my room for ten minutes looking at a Bible and didn't really read the pages. And, um, and that's the way I looked at things. But all of a sudden, when I got saved, I went home that night, and I didn't even have it on my chore list to do. I pulled my Bible out, and I began to read. Boy, it made a difference. I, it was amazing how, how the Bible changed just overnight. It got so much better. And I, not the Bible changed, but I did, obviously. And the next morning I went to class and I said, can I do the devotion this morning? And I, I, I was reading something last night. I'm excited about it. And, and I did the devotion that morning. Then the next morning I came in. I'd read some more that night. And I uh, came in the next morning. Can I do the devotion this morning? I did that for about a week. And finally the teacher said, Greg, we've got to let somebody else do the devotion uh, in the morning. But, but I say that to use an illustration that when I got saved, something, something inside of me was made alive that wasn't there before. All of a sudden, the things that I endured, I loved, I cherished, I was longing for it, I was hungry for it. And I, I, want, to under, I want us to understand this, that, that when we got saved, the Bible says, And you at the quickened, or made alive, who were dead in our trespasses and sins. And the Bible tells us here, and Paul says this, If we live in the Spirit, if that's been done inside of us, if our life is in Him now, then we ought to walk in the Spirit. We live in a day where a lot of people um, uh, trust Christ or make a profession of Christ in some manner or some form, and then they feel like that's, the, that's all there is to the Christian life. Years ago, my dad made a statement. He said some people get just enough Christianity to make themselves miserable because they, they, they never know the victory of the Christian life, the joy of the Christian life. The, the fact of following after the Spirit of God. Look with me over to Galatians chapter number 2 for a moment. Hold your place. We're going to be right back. Galatians chapter number 2. I love what Paul says here in verse number 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Now, he's not speaking here of the new nature. He's talking about the old man, the old nature. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Have you ever stopped to think of the miracle of that statement? As a Christian, if there's no joy to be found anywhere else, we ought to find it in that statement. That Christ liveth in me. That's amazing to think of that. And and the Bible tells us that the Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave not Himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. It's not by my works that I used to do, but now I walk in the Spirit. And that's what Paul is saying here in verse 25 of chapter 5. He says, but if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, that being said, I want us to look at a few things here as we go up to verse number 19. Chapter 5 and verse number 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. In other words, they're very obvious. We see these things. Which are these? Now, there's going to be a whole list of them here. Uh, Some of us are going to sit here and say, I've never had a problem with that, never had a problem with that, never had a problem with that. 
No problem, Brother Greg. We're good to go. Until we get to a certain place here, and we'll show it to you in just a minute. They says, which are these? The works of the flesh are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. So far, we're pretty good. I think most of us are in that boat. Hatred. Okay. Maybe might have some of that. Variance. Uh, some of us might have some of that. Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings. That one kind of steps on my toes a little bit sometimes. Murders, drunkenness, revelings. And unless we haven't found anything in that list that we can say, yeah, I've, I've had that in my life in the past. He says, and such like. Things like these. That's the works of the flesh. That's what we used to do. And aren't you glad the Bible says about that? He says, and such were some of you. We're not any longer, but we used to be that way. And I'm thankful when we got saved that that old nature now has something to combat it and cause us to put that into subjection and follow Christ. You know, the secret of the Christian life literally comes down to one decision, and one decision only. I've said it so many times before, and that is what the psalmist said when he said, Oh, that my ways were thy ways. And that is, it, 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 there's two, two decisions that every man must make. Number one, am I going to trust Christ as my Savior? Am I going to be saved? Secondly, am I going to have my will in my life, or am I going to have God's will in my life? The victory... The victorious Christian life, the victory to be found in the Christian life, is found in that one decision. And it's not one we make at the time of salvation and then forget about it. It's not one that we make this morning and then forget about it. It's one we have to make constantly throughout the day. My will or His will. What we're saying is, the old man or the new man? Which one am I going to follow? The works of the flesh or am I going to walk in the Spirit? Now notice this, he says in verse number uh, 21, he says, Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you, uh, I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. Notice that, I like this. You notice it was the works of the flesh. There was, there was effort to be put into that. But notice he uses the term fruit here of the Spirit, not the works of the Spirit. You know what I find, and I've found in my life over the years, and I thank the Lord that there's been in recent years of my life an understanding of this truth. There are a lot of Christians who read this passage in Galatians 5.22 who sees this list and they think, I've got to work for those things. No, we don't. Well, I've got to strive to have love, joy, peace. No, 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 no. You're missing it. This is something that when the Holy Spirit is being honored in our lives, when we're yielded to Him, is just naturally produced in us. So oftentimes we look at it as a smorgasbord, a cafeteria of walking along and saying, I think I'll have a little bit of love today. Or, you know what, I've been struggling in long-suffering, so I'm going to really pray that God will help me in this area of long-suffering. No, no. As we draw closer to Christ, as we become more yielded to Him and His leading in my life, as I get up in the mornings and I say, Lord, I'm coming to Your Word, and I want You to guide me today in Your Word how to live my life and to be pleasing to You, as we do that on a regular basis and draw closer and closer to Him, the fruit becomes more and more evident. 
Hold your place here for a minute. Turn with me to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, I've used this a number of times in different messages and different ways to teach this. But I think this is such a wonderful picture that God puts in Scripture for us. <clears throat> in Psalm 1, he says this in verse number 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, boy, I love this, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now notice verse 3, And he shall be like a what? Tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now notice this. God likens the man who is trying to follow the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, by abstaining from walking in the counsel of the ungodly, standing the way of sinners, seeing the sea of stormful, and by the person who will delight in the law of the Lord. He says, now this man is going to be like a tree planted. Aren't you glad God used that word? God puts us where he wants us. I preached the message years ago, bloom where you're planted. Don't be discontent and say, boy, I just wish God would give me some place to serve. Serve where you're planted. There's a work to be done. There's a field. There's a harvest out there. The fields are white already into harvest. You don't have to. You know, I, I shared with our people the other day. I read, a, I read an article here. It was less than a month ago. Do you know that the United States is now the second greatest country having missionaries sent to it to reach it? We're the second greatest mission field on the world right now, our nation. What used to be a Christian nation is now the second most needful nation in the world to have missionaries sent to it. All we have to do is walk out those doors, and folks, we're on the second largest mission field in the world. What a great opportunity. He's planted. Notice he's planted by the rivers of water. This, this Christian, this, this fellow who's following God, has got nourishment that comes from, the Bible refers to it here as the nourishment of the rivers of water. Hold your place here for a minute. Let's see a little bit more about this in Jeremiah chapter number 17. Jeremiah chapter number 17. We're going to come right back to Psalm 1 for a moment if you want to hold your place there. Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 17, and let's look in verse number 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man. Now, anytime I see that word, I want to find out what it is this man's doing, and I want to avoid it at all costs. Cursed is the man, be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. God, I can do this myself. By the way, that's not just reserved for the lost. Even Christians can say, God, I know I'm saved, I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm going to put you over here in the corner, I'm living my life the way I want to, and I'll call you if I need you. That's a man whose heart departeth from the Lord. He's trusting in the strength of his own flesh. Notice what it says here, for he shall be like a heath in the desert. Now the heath bush was a little scrub.